You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio Show on Community Radio 3CR. It's uh, Monday the 25th of November 2019 and we acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which we transmit people-powered radio. Thank you to Democracy Now! for the last hour of current affairs. My name's Chris and Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio. We're a show about cycling, sustainable transport and related matters coming to you from the studios of 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. On today's show, I'm going to be talking to Nat Bromhead. He's from Bicycling Australia and we're going to be talking about last week's decision in the Jason Lowndes case. Many people may remember this case that happened almost two years ago with Jason being killed by uh, while he was doing a training ride. When these high-profile cases have reached their conclusion in the courts, we have this disparity between what community expectations are and what uh, the so-called legal system can provide. I think invariably with these, um, again, high-profile cases, it shows a disconnect between what our sentencing guidelines can provide. And again, going back even further, the hierarchy that, it, that people put up with, or cons- uh, we, we, we deal with every day on the roads. I'm a bit lost for words on this one, as you could probably tell, but I've uh, been involved with talking about high-profile cases between cyclists and uh, motor vehicles for a long time, and I am still aghast at what occurs when the you know, sentencing is given or handed down. We'll talk to Nat after um, a few bits and pieces of news. Now, you may have noticed yesterday in the uh, Age, or if you're elsewhere in the state, the uh, Sydney Morning Herald, the A to Z of cycling was an interesting little article about all the things that uh, to do with cycling in Melbourne done for me, you know, again, the alphabetical thing good it's better some of the things i've seen in like last few years uh, i would I would admit that uh, they've actually gone into a fair bit of in-depth stuff here that you've got uh, things like you know they've chucked in jenkinoff which is great because they do fantastic uh, you know shop rides and the like just oh here we go i found the article finally got um, a around the bay okay well that's happening real soon bike B-Y-K, if you've got a Littley, you would be familiar with that brand. Again, it goes into some really good stuff, like Melbourne Dirt. We've uh, had uh, representatives of Melbourne Dirt on the show a few times, including their uh, Indie Pack entry going back last year, Everesting, Fondo, Great Vic, Hellride, which um, is one of those things you don't have to say too loudly. Instagram, okay, comes under eye. I was a little bit... Uh, 
disappointed they didn't have um, Bike Against the Wall there, B-A-W is one of the hashtags. Uh, Jenkinoff again, Nog. Listerfield MTB, Melbourne Roubaix, uh, that is now a Melbourne institution. Oh, I could go on and on and on. Bike Shed. Okay, they put in there that, yeah, or I should say the author put in Brunswick Geek series. Also, going back a few uh, shows ago, I interviewed Jeff from Back to Bikes. There's several, several good community bike sheds around Melbourne, including like the new Inner West um, Cycling Hub. Heaps of stuff. But it's good to see a more comprehensive, in-depth article. And if you've got someone who's, again, kind of teetering on should I, should I not get into stuff, send them a link to this article. I'll put it in the podcast. Now, coming up on Wednesday is a transport event. And given that I've got too many pieces of paper in front of me and it's probably easy for me to bring it up, it's about the 1969 transport plan. And it was one of those things that, had spaghetti <laughs> intersections right across Melbourne. Melbourne was going to be crisscross. You may think Melbourne is crisscross now. This was something else. So this is going to be like a celebration or commiseration of what we've been handed uh, <laughs> in the last preceding 50 years. And it's uh, Sustainable Cities and a couple other groups putting this together. And I'm just going to pull up the details for you in a moment. But, uh, yeah, if you go to Parliament House this Wednesday, and we shall have a little protest about it. I just can't seem to bring it up right now. I'll maybe talk about it a bit more on the show, but I do know that Friends of the Earth have got a bit more information up about that. And I'll be back in a moment with Nat Bromhead. Summertime. Summertime brings wine. Pass me my Prosecco. Out on the patio. This year's delicious Radical Radio wines are generously sponsored by Breast's Winery in the Harcourt Valley. Specially priced at only $20 a bottle and even cheaper by the dozen or half dozen. You can order via phone or online and collect it from 3CR during business hours up until noon on Tuesday the 24th of December. Perfect as a gift or to fill a raised glass to toast 3CR. Call the station during business hours on 9419 8377 to order or go to 3cr.org.au forward shop. Breast Wines is a 3CR supporter. Ooh, we're having some technical issues this morning, but we're back online. Okay, I'm talking to Nat from Bicycling Australia. We're talking about the Jason Lowndes case. Do you want to give a bit of an intro? Who... Jason was. Oh, hi, Chris. Yeah, um, I hope you can hear me nice yeah. clearly now. Yeah, that's fine. So Jason Lowndes is a young, uh, up-and-coming professional rider. He was riding with the Israel Cycling Academy, an international team that very high up, um, actually led the points rankings on the UCI Pro-Continental Tour uh, last year. Um, so he was with a really good team, great group, and, and really seen as a, sh- a rising star of the sport. Um, I actually got to know him over in Girona in Spain uh, two years ago and just what a lovely young guy, so positive and full of energy and um, we just sort of light up the room whenever he walked in. So, yeah, tragically, he was back in Australia um, training in Bendigo, as you, you may have already told your listeners, and as we know now, was hit from behind uh, by a motorist around two years ago. Now, this actual case has thrown up a lot of discussion about what sentencing the judge could actually 
put on the case now, or yeah, with the evidence that was provided. It's very interesting trying to pull this apart. It, it is. It, it is really awkward uh, when you get into the law and, and um, sentencing. Obviously, two different people over two very similar offences can just have two greatly different outcomes uh, sentence-wise. Yeah, um, it's, you know, the, um, the case from South Yarra person in that case, the guy who was sentenced, got 11 years. Mm. And I can't help but look at that and go, you know, a um, young woman to do, you know, her first, uh, you know, incident that, you know, serious incident in her life and this other guy who's been sentenced for 11 years was found at the higher end of the culpability because he was exactly. you know, in a stolen car and driving, you know, to find, to, apparently to purchase drugs. But I think it shows into sharp relief the, the disparity with sentencing and also mobile phone use because I think that was thrown up during um, the trial or I think pre-sentencing or something. Yeah. Do, do, do you, can you discuss that? Yeah, well, there was evidence um, suggested that the driver concerned had um, been sending a series of text messages in the minutes leading up to the unfortunate incident. Um, in fact, the last text message she attempted to send was apparently 68 seconds prior to hitting um, Jason from behind. And that, was, that was the eighth in a series of text messages. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's pretty obvious mobile phone usage was a was a factor. And then her, her um, defence argued that it wasn't um, directly a factor because of that time gap between trying to send that last message and and um, continuing driving. Yeah, very, very awkward area to get involved in. Um, mm. There's just so much promotion, I guess, you know, for awareness promotion for cyclists in Australia, like the metre matters and one metre or one minute over 60 k's an hour. Well, that's blanket across the nation, basically across Australia now. So why can't these sentences be sort of blanket or why can't there be some, at least some standards brought in? Um, but I guess, you know, we can't tell the judiciary what to do, can we? Um, well, they could review... Yeah, where well, they could review some of the guidelines they do for sentencing. Because I'm just looking here at the Vic Roads thing for mobile phones, technology and driving. And um, the actual things you hear, you've got, she was on the, the the driver who was driving the vehicle who that killed Jason. She was either a P or a P2 driver. She was on mm. some plates. Now, you can get on that, all promotional drivers who reach five demerit points may incur a licence Suspension. I'm just going back further up. Learner P1, P2 drivers must not use a mobile phone, handheld or hands-free for any function while driving, including stationary, well not parked. The thing is, with this case, she's been fined, what, a couple of thousand dollars. She has a 200 hours community service and three years she can't drive or she's mm. had her um, driver's licence revoked. Wouldn't you think something like this would hold, you know, it was, you know, there's, there's details um, that she was not fully in control of the car. Mm. Watching a video, as you said, 65 seconds before this um, collision occurred. I think it shows into sharp relief that our laws have not kept pace with distracted driving. Exactly. And we've seen it actually time and again. Uh, I know the... the And I I shouldn't really single out prominent cases because, you know, a lot of... Obviously, tragically, a lot of riders have been hit. It's not just these big names that we really should be talking about, but everybody... Mm. To just mention one that many people would be aware of, uh, Mike Hall. Um, you know, there was quite strong um, suggestion and evidence that mobile phone could have been invo- involved there and distraction in, in general. There was another case in Sydney two years ago, quite a high-profile case, where the driver basically was given as well a two-year ban and a community um, an order, like such as this woman's received in Mendigo. But it just does seem like you hear 
I mean, there's people putting posts on the social media saying, I've heard of someone going to jail for running over a dog or, you know, tax misdemeanours over a year or so. Yet, you know, you can take someone's life from, you know, the, the vehicle that you're actually in control of, legally in control of, and then just get a slap on the wrist and, you know, don't do it again. Yeah, because what interests me with this case too, it's not like our, we were looking at, you know, remain on what's occurred. It's the steps back that this should never have happened. Yeah, you know, mm. people. Yeah, you know, Jason should still be with his friends and family. A whole bunch of yeah. us should not be scared every time we get out there on the roads, either to commute or train or whatever. Now I'm looking at mm. um, stuff here for Vic Roads, and I'm, I'm, this is stuff pertaining to Victoria. All drivers tough. Uh, face tough penalties for illegal use of a uh, mobile phone or interacting with other units that may have visual displays. Penalties are for demerit points and a $484 fine. Now, that's the same things for a rider of a bicycle or animal or person driving in or to a weird recreational device. The same penalties. We have not kept track, or our, our legal system has not kept track with the consequences of distracted driving. I don't think something close to $500 is going to make people really stop and think and change their behaviour. Yeah, it's just, yeah, just opened up a whole can of worms and totally rightly so. Our community online on the Bicycling Australia website and socials has just gone crazy over this. Yeah, I was noticing... Hundreds of comments and people are just incredibly angry. Like, you know, just because there was a, a bike can, um, you know involved, it, it just seems to lessen it and the public eye, you know. It's, oh, it's just another cyclist, so it's fine. Yeah, it's but, um, just the, uh, the, the the emphasis seems to be come totally in the wrong way in terms of hierarchy of using the roads. Okay, they're predominantly used by cars. We understand this. This is, you know, how you treat um, people who are more vulnerable to you using that shared space is completely yeah. out of kilter. Does, is there yeah, anything yeah. you can you can add to that in terms of, you know, your experiences or where where you, where you think that the, the, um, our legal system or justice or whatever you want to call it has fallen short here or hasn't been able to keep pace with technological changes? I'm not so sure about technological changes. Mm. I, I think obviously something seriously needs to be done about how easy it is to drive along with a mobile phone in your hand. And I see it daily when I you know, go into town or, or go to work. People just seem to have the steering wheel in one hand and the mobile in the other. Constant distraction and, you know, I guess constant selfishness. Everyone's always in so much more of a rush and it's all about them, not so concerned about others out on the road, especially vulnerable road users such as us. But yeah, obviously, um, you know, this needs to be appealed and I'm sure it will be. And I, I guess the start would be to start really collecting data on these cases or the outcome, just to summarise it. And then, I don't know, maybe a group of us just need to go to, um, you know, take this information higher and say, look, this is a series over 10 years. Um, these are the cases, these are the charges. Let's compare this to, say, other other crimes or other incidents that have occurred that haven't involved cyclists and, and have a look at the disparity here. Start taking cyclists' lives seriously. Um, we're the ones out there trying to make a difference and make things better, you know, better on our health, better on the public infrastructure, using less space. It's riding a 10-kilo bike instead of driving a one-ton car down the road. So we should be the ones being celebrated and applauded and, and really respected. G'day, this is Ozzy Butler from Astronomy Class. You're tuned to 3CR on 855am or 3cr.org.au. If you like what you hear, please subscribe. Keep community radio alive. Peace. Enjoy. I think 
you've just kind of pulled a really interesting point there, which is selfishness. We are pretty self-obsessed with who we are and what we're doing, and it's much more important that we do what we're doing without any consequences. And I know that sounds pretty generalised, but it seems to be the case. And it's shown up in... Yeah, again, the, these high-profile cases, but every day, every day. Mm-hmm. Like, if you just hear, like, we're, we're in the inner suburbs of Melbourne, people will give you stories of, you know, a near miss or that someone stopped riding because of uh, repeated instances of things that happened to them. And yeah. we've got to move forward with, being, you know, having, you know, calming down the road environment, um, people mm-hmm. being aware of each other's needs. I guess um, a lot of it will go back to um, infrastructure. You know, they're separated past bike paths and cycleways. And we're just working on some information here to regarding um, cycle-to-work schemes. And yeah. Basically, that's all well and good, but it really does boil down to um, a safe place to ride or just being able to be separated from the traffic. What would um, you say with, like, you know, road cycling, though? I, I will admit, okay, just for amount of disclosure, I'm involved with the cycling club. And I kind of both hats on at the moment, like you know, one to do with commuter cycling, other one with road club. How can you see like things being more proactive towards you know people out there doing training rides or bunch rides? Um, sorry, I missed the question. Okay, you're, you're talking about separate infrastructure was something that we know about in the cities. Mm-hmm. But how, how what can you see um, to help people who are involved with clubs or racing? You know that. Yeah. Well, I guess um, general awareness. I know there was a campaign up here um, in Sydney. Um, there was a campaign. It may may well have been similar in Melbourne or other parts of Australia with some prominent athletes. Uh, there were some rugby league players, cricketers, etc. Even the cyclist was was on there, and you know it showed um, it showed riders, it showed drivers that anyone cycling could be, you know, not just a rider. It's actually a face and a person behind that name. Oh, definitely. So, so the rider was, you know, from a motorist perspective, the rider, the motorist was yelling at the rider, "Get out of my way!" You know go train somewhere else and then he pulled up at the lights and recognised the famous rugby league player was actually the guy in Lycra. So maybe there just needs to be more campaigns, more public awareness along that line that the riders are people too. Could be mm. your neighbour, your mate, uh, the guy you've been watching on telly the night before. It's just really that respect and education and um, I, I mean it's difficult but a change in culture. It's obviously just so different here to um, the, the, the perspective perception of cyclists as to what it is overseas in Europe, for example. You know, I've been riding in France and had a vehicle behind me for 20 minutes and I keep waving him and he just waves and smiles back because he's quite happy sitting there, you know. Well, that's um, the thing. Because, they'd be yelling at you. Yeah, because like Australians, our drivers, I don't know, also, I think it also depends where you are too, but in the cities and you know, some of the training routes and that, it, people, the, the, the driving I think has really in terms of the quality and people's judgment, you know, mm. people are just so quick to anger and or they're distracted. And I don't remember it always being this way. I think we are terminally <laughs> distracted. Yeah, it seems to be getting worse all the time. I, I went out this, oh, yesterday morning, actually, and um, yeah. a few close passes, a few ridiculous, I mean, hugging my side, there's no, not my side of the road, hugging the left side of the road for no apparent reason when there's no oncoming vehicle. You just think, wow, on this big open road, this driver just flicked past me at 70 centimetres, you know, in a, in a 70 zone. So, um, you know, there's just no need, no reason for it and really obviously needs to be way more education. This significant mm. education program has to take place and very, very soon. There was, there was uh, it was alleged by mm. the defence that Jason Lowndes was out sort of wider than the left-hand side of the road, 
and rightly so. Like if I, I was going around a, a long sweeping left-hand corner yesterday and I thought of this, if you're right tucked in the middle, right, right in the inside lane, that's, anyone that comes around the back is not going to see it till the last minute. Obviously, the further, the wider you are out, the further, if you work out the angles back, the sooner that driver's going to see you. People need to be just prepared. If they're going around a corner, it doesn't just mean going around a corner, it means have a think about what might be around the corner, you know? Exactly. So really need to be educated. Yeah, I know happier stuff. So what's some of the things that Bicycle Australia's up to in the next few months? Well, we've got we've got it all going on. It's, um, it's only Monday and I'm already tired of thinking of the week ahead. Oh. <laughs> um, but uh, thanks for asking. Well, I'm just putting the final touches with the design team on our next edition of the magazine, um, which is the uh, January-February edition. This is our tour down under special, plus there's lots of other stuff, not just racing in there. Um, but, yeah, we've just done a really big feature article on Mike Turter, the guy behind the tour down under. He's basically, this is his 21st year. Or actually, that's no, his 22nd tour down under, and uh, he's retiring after this TDU. So um, somebody else is going to take the reins. Actually, we know who, but we can't say. I can't say you're keeping it under wraps, are you? Uh, I've got it right now, but it'll come out in the next few days. Okay, look, you don't want to kind of like do an exclusive on Melbourne Community Radio, do you? No. No, but I can't say. It'll it'll become, it'll be very obvious. Um, It's a male and he's, uh, he's had a bit of experience. Excellent. Okay. Maybe you could maybe you could cobble together the hints. Yeah, I'm get, I'm putting it together. We've got a really three major features on women's cycling because there's an absolute um, surge in popularity in women's cycling. All we've been seeing. Bicycling Australia have four events at the moment: four major Grand Fondo events, uh, the Barrel Classic, Mudgee Classic, Noosa Classic, and the Clare Classic in South Australia. And we're seeing an increased level of participation at each event uh, from women cyclists. So it's really good to see um, cycling becoming more of a mainstream sport. So we've got three major features of women cycling in the next edition of the magazine. And uh, it's really trying to take away that blokey sort of image of the mag. So it's more inclusive and, you know, 50-50. It was some pretty Um, interesting stuff to do with, um, I think on last week's show, Faith was talking about, um, you know, higher TV ratings and stuff for women cycling. Mm. Yeah, it's good. It's actually the Women's Tour Donna that has coverage this year mm-hmm. um, on the Seven uh, Seven Network. One of the Seven channels is covering it. So yeah, there's more and more. Obviously, the Women's Tour Donna under two years ago, they just said they're going to now give equal prize money because you know the women were a bit annoyed at them, mm. like we're getting ten thousand dollars for a win and they were getting two hundred and fifty or something, yeah. and rightly so. So now there's um, equality there. So yeah, it really is becoming way more mainstream, which is great to see. Right. Um, okay, well, yeah. we're rapidly coming to the end of our program. Well, thank you so much, Nat, for today. And well, um, I'll, you, I'll put all the details into the podcast. Wonderful stuff. Okay. And uh, talk to you again. Thank you. On Thursday, 28th of November at 12pm, environment groups and communities from across Victoria will peacefully rally together at Parliament to call for urgent action for our natural world. After five years of the Andrews government, nature deserves more, especially in the face of climate change. Victorians need new and better funded national parks, stronger nature laws and better protection for our threatened forests, rivers, beaches, oceans and native plants and animals. We need real action for our natural places and wildlife now. Join in the Nature for Life rally. Bring a sign to highlight the natural places you love that deserve better protection. See you on Parliament Steps, Thursday 28th of November at 12pm.
Look for Nature for Life Rally on Facebook and visit Victoria National Parks Association website vnpa.org.au forward slash rally. VNPA is a 3CR supporter. Well, that's all I've got time for today. You might have noticed I... um trying to get through a whole bunch of stuff to do with the Rally for Community Transport and that's going to be on, it's a community rally for the 50th anniversary of the uh, 969 transport plan and that's going to be at uh, Parliament House Wednesday 27th of November at 10am. So get along to that. Up next is Shebop followed by Black Block. Three CR would like to thank our Yarrabug program sponsor, Vacro Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics, and sells bikes to the local community. To find out more, Google Vacro or drop into the underground car park. Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Thursday or Friday. Yeah, get on that bicycle and ride Neath the sunny skies or along the ocean side You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.